Hello, everyone. Welcome to TSD Readers Roundtable, a podcast series featuring people in the district and some of their favorite books. My name is Dr. Rich Macheski, and I will be moderating today's episode. I am joined by Assistant Superintendent Christine DiPilato, Assistant Superintendent Rick West, Assistant Superintendent Jordan Harris, Assistant Superintendent Christine Grefor. And today we will be discussing the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. In The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Lencioni offers a leadership fable that is as compelling and enthralling as it is realistic, relevant, and practical. Through his keen intellect and storytelling power, he turns to the fascinating complex world of teams. Catherine Peterson, Decision Tech's CEO, faces the ultimate leadership crisis, uniting a team that is in such disarray that it threatens to bring down the entire company. Will she succeed? Will she be fired? Will the company fail? Lencioni's riveting tale serves as a timeless reminder that leadership requires as much courage as it does insight. Throughout the story, Lencioni reveals the five dysfunctions that go to the very heart of why teams, even the best ones, often struggle. He outlines a powerful model and actionable steps that can be used to overcome these common hurdles and build a cohesive, effective team. Just as with his other books, Lencioni has written a compelling fable with a deceptively simple yet powerful message for all those who strive to be exceptional team leaders. So as I introduced the team at the table today, this is our leadership team here in, in the Troy School District. Uh, Carrie Birmingham is not, is not with us right now, but uh, at the table are our assistant superintendents uh, that from my opinion, uh, really they're what make and drive our school district on a daily basis. They're the ones working with their teams uh, to make sure that our organization functions as highly effectively as it can and should. And I'm the one that picked this particular book. It happens to be one of my favorite. It happens also to be a book that our team read several years ago as we were not struggling necessarily, but trying to find a way to come together as new members of an organization. I highly recommend this read for anyone who is dealing with trying to bring new members of a team together. That team can be an athletic team, it can be, uh, if you're a principal, it can be the team uh, of your, within your building. It can be a, as simple uh, as a team uh, within your, ho- your own household, I mean, your family as a team. So the insights that Lencioni provides here uh, have been helpful for our team, and I hope also that they're helpful for you if you choose to pick up this book. So that said, uh, let's talk a little bit about the five dysfunctions. And although we're not going to talk in depth about each of these five dysfunctions, what we really wanna do is talk about how the five dysfunctions as outlined by Lencioni, if attended to, can help develop a highly effective team. And we also wanna take that to the next level and, and talk about how the work we're doing here in the Troy School District has been positively impacted by some of the aspects of the five dysfunctions that Lencioni talks about. So let's, uh, let's talk about the first dysfunction and Lencioni actually spends the most time talking about this one in his book and that's about trust. So Christine, you're the newest member uh, to our leadership team here in the Troy School District. Talk a little bit about 
the importance of trust and as a new member, uh, how challenging it is to introduce yourself to a group to be an important part of the group as you think about developing trust with the with those members. Sure. Um, you know, as you know, Rich, as you said, I think that one of the great things about this book is that it really looks at teamwork and the way that Lynchioni puts it together. He talks about how it's really not complicated, but it's how you live into these different aspects. And so um, trust is a word I think that's often thrown around. And, you know, we've spent a lot of time reflecting on it over the first semester, I think, as a, as a central office team but also as a team um, of leaders in the buildings. And so here, I think, in working with with this cabinet team, it's been a great opportunity for me to come in and, and learn and reflect. And um, I think that, you know, you uh, as a superintendent have done a really great job of providing different opportunities for us to connect not only here in the office, but also outside of that. And one of the things that comes out of this read here is certainly that trust is built through vulnerability and being vulnerable. And oftentimes in the work that we do, we are just not given the opportunity to be vulnerable with each other. And that's a challenge that um, I've certainly faced as I continue to build those relationships with our uh, building administrators. They're just getting to know me and I'm just getting to know them. Um, So we're trying to provide those opportunities where we share a little bit more and um, engaging in even just the simplest activities where we share a little bit about who we are, where we came from, challenges that we've taken on in our lives. Um, Sharing things like that allow us to really build that trust. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in some of the things that are articulated in this book about we don't build stronger trust just by sitting across the table and looking at each other. So just sheer time won't make us trust each other more. It's how we um, spend some time with each other uh, learning a little bit more. Absolutely. And thank you for for sharing that, Christine. And one thing I want to point out, and maybe not all of the listeners are going to necessarily appreciate this, but to Christine's credit, one of the first things that she did in coming into the Troy School District was spend a, a significant part of her first semester and now into second semester being in buildings, visiting with principals, learning staff, learning about their staff, learning about their challenges, learning about their successes. And that goes a long way in terms of building trust uh, within our organization. So keeping on this notion of trust, uh, Chris, you were here when we developed our core values. You were part of the team that helped put together the core values in in our organization. And it's the core values that allow us to live in to this notion of one Troy. They're also the foundation for us developing our characteristics of world-class. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about those and how that's impacted by the work of our team. But as you think about the one component of our core values. So it's cultivating a collaborative culture. Chris, talk about how effective teams came to be an important part of that characteristic. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'd like to know how comfortable Christine felt when she got here knowing our cabinet team was reading a book about how dysfunctional we are. So um, (laughs) um, I I definitely appreciated um, being able to a few years back, being able to read about the complexities in certain in every organization that they have at the executive level, but how important that is to influence um, the people that we work with. So as it relates, um, Rich, to your question, I think you modeled that for us when we created in the development of those values, we were you were able to sit with each and every uh, building and and listen to people um, as the foundation of, of setting those values. So it wasn't something we just
guys did up here in our executive team, you were able to listen and get out into buildings yourself and be able to to hear what people had to say. So I think that's important as we thought about our development of our values. In addition to that, um, as it relates to the team piece, one major takeaway that I had from this book was about your, the concept of first team and how our first team needs to be our executive team. And sometimes um, just very uh, transparently, it's difficult when you're leading and in my role leading a group of principals to to know who your first team is and and so that this language kind of helped us to define our teams first and foremost so referring to our cabinet team as our first team and then then um, after that leading our teams differently so sometimes that can play out in the decisions that we make so we have to commit my friend over here Rick West I, I would love to say yes principals you get every request that you have but um, I have to commit to the to the resource allocation decisions for example that we make together here so um, it's a, and then in, in turn principals are working with their building level teams we, we've worked to provide a system of supports with our principals so all 12 no matter what elementary school you're going to you're going to be getting a guaranteed and viable curriculum and then they're committed to our principal group as their first team and then in turn their building so and and so on through the grade levels and and that sort of thing so it's been really um, important for us to also clarify what our teams are in in executing this work thank you chris i appreciate you also mentioning rick rick's going to be next up for the group so as as we've i think clarified here the most important thing about having an effective team is trust it is the foundation. If you don't have trust and you can't trust one another, you'll never function highly. You'll, you won't function as highly as necessary in order to maintain a, uh, a world-class organization. That's our, our vision, world-class. But none of that it would be possible, that journey would never be possible if we didn't create a foundation for trust. The second part, or the second dysfunction talks about conflict. If you are gonna have a trusting team, you have to engage in conflict. You have to engage in talking about conflict with, with one another. And the reason I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let Rick talk a little bit about this notion is when Rick came into the school district uh, five, six, going on six years ago, uh, he walked into a team, uh, a, a department uh, that, uh, that was struggling. There had been several challenges from the standpoint of information not being accurate within our organization and in business services nothing is is more important than people having access to accurate information uh, whether it's a paycheck uh, whether it's a w2 whatever the case might be um, so rick kind of walked into an environment where there was uh, a bit of conflict and so rick i want you just to talk a little bit you don't have to go in depth but just talk a little bit about the things that you did that you learned as part of our team here that you have engaged with with your team in business services and just how you have created, I think, the best business service team in here in Oakland County, if not the state. Accuracy of our information has never been better. The quality of feedback that you're able to give buildings has never been better. So just talk a little bit about the things you learned as part of our team and how you've utilized that with your team. Sure, well, first of all, thank you for that compliment and thank you for the um, opportunity to, is this the, is this the first one, the first podcast? Second. Oh, third one. Oh, I thought oh, we were f- oh, part sorry. of the first one. But, <laughs> anyways, uh, so so our experience, <laughs> the third, um, our experience was unique when um, I took over the business services department here, as Rich alluded to, that there were there was quite a bit of tension and it was actually prior. Uh, we didn't study this book right off, but um, I, it was 
I immediately understood that we had to build the relationships and build the foundation of trust. And, and that did take a great bit of vulnerability to understand uh, and and allow everybody to share their feelings, their understanding of where we're at as a as a um, business services team and, and where we were going and where they thought we should go. So I knew immediately nothing was going to be accomplished without building relationships first. So, and then allowing, and I think Rich, you're for my first year here, uh, your challenge, every year he's, he's provided a challenge to the district. And I think the first year it was so cool. I, I was handed a card, dare to fail. I'm like, well, I can certainly accomplish that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll dare because it's gonna take some unique, uh, uh, unique perspectives and unique opportunities to, to move the move the business service department from where it was to where we needed to go. So with that, there was quite a bit of conflict because there was ideas of different ideas of where we needed uh, where we needed to be in the relationships. I I'm, I maybe shouldn't mention this, but they were fractured. And so we had to bring everybody together. We had to allow them to be vulnerable. We had to allow them to um, be open. And and we dared to fail to make change uh, where we felt necessary. So I have no idea if that answered your question, but uh, no, it absolutely there was a lot question. of, there was a lot of conflict, a lot of growing pains mm-hmm. in the first year and a half. And that would not have been, we could not have been successful without enriched you, without your leadership and your ability to say, look, you're going to need to take risks. You're going to, you're going to need to dare to fail to make a positive change for the organization. And I, again, appreciate those compliments because I think we have made major strides. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's great too, though, um, in talking about that, Rick, is, you know, we mirror that here at, at this table with this team, right? I think about our cabinet team and the amount of conflict that we bring to the table, which is very healthy. There's not a week that goes by that we're not engaged in some sort of dialogue where we're disagreeing with each other in a very open way because the the reality is we're moving toward or trying to discover a deeper truth or the best way. And that's a a really comfortable way to live, knowing that you can come into a room with a team um, because we've established that trust with each other and and air some of those challenges and some of those conflicts um, and work through them together. Um, That I think that is what makes us high functioning when moves the needle for us a little bit more. And I I totally agree. Uh, Oftentimes, stereotype is the business official as a voice of dissent. And and of, certainly, I fit those stereotypes in a lot of a lot of those scenarios. But um, I agree the, the way that we're able to challenge each other and stretch our thinking and and move move the needle in some areas. I think is um, is certainly powerful. So, Rick, what you said essentially, and and I appreciate you sharing some of that some of that information. But what you said is that you had to establish trust. You you had to go into a a organization, in this case, a a department, that uh, there were some fractured uh, feelings. There was, trust was fractured. You need to go in and and you needed to establish an an atmosphere that people could begin to trust one another. And and one way we do that is we, we create opportunities to have open conflict and dialogue about conflict this notion of cognitive uh, of cognitive dissonance is that we can we can openly agree with one another as Christina said and and it's okay because we trust one another and we recognize that each of us wants what's best and when we trust each other that we want what's best we can engage in 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 that conflict and so the next step 
that Lencioni talks about, that third dysfunction is, is a lack of commitment. And uh, I don't think we've ever had to address this notion of a lack of commitment here in the Troy School District because I think one thing I noticed when I got here 12 years ago is that we have some, some fiercely committed individuals, whether it's teachers to public education and, and what's going on in their classrooms, parents within our community, principals, people that absolutely love their job, members of the Board of Education, people that really care about what they do, they're committed to what they do. Um, but when he talks about commitment, and Jordan, I'm gonna let you talk a little bit about this. When he talks about commitment, what he's really talking about beyond that is helping people commit and make, deci- make decisions they can commit to that move the organization along. That these are not just commitments, but they're commitments they can stick to. And, and that those commitments then move the organization along. And as Assistant Superintendent for Employee Services, Jordan, your job is to bring a number of different individuals together and get them to commit to, um, in your case, to, to commit to collective bargaining agreements, uh, to commit to letters of agreement, whatever, whatever the case might be, uh, that put the organization in a better in a better position. So talk a little bit about the things that you did in, and you walked into a department that was somewhat like Rick, that was fractured to some degree, uh, and you needed to make some positive change. And I know you worked hard to to establish trust, to be out in buildings, talking to individuals. But talk a little bit about the commitment and how you have worked to help bring people together to commit to uh, the preferred future for, for the Troy School District. Rich, thanks. Um, I guess I would start by talking a little bit about what I see when we talk about lack of commitment, especially as it relates to how it's defined in the book. You've you've got to be able to give folks a uh, opportunity to understand what they're committing to, and so I think you've got to start there, and that's. Oftentimes, even before I came to the Troy School District, that's where you see some organizations potentially struggle of defining what they're committing to. And in, in, in the book, to talk a little bit, about, I, my recollection is defined as ambiguity, the, the, the issue of being ambiguous about what the group or what teams are committing to is often the big, biggest obstacle to allow people to buy in. Um, so one of the things that I, I appreciated when I came in here as it related to the, the work that the organization was doing was developing um, the mission, the vision, the values, and the goals of the organization um, and starting to outline about what the Troy School District is all about. And um, and what I'm talking about there, and it's become commonplace in the nomenclature around the school district, is is what we call our four characteristics or our four pillars of world class. Most, most individuals within the organization can talk about what those are. So we've helped them define and they've defined for themselves what uh, what what the organization is asking them to commit to. Um, so I, I know you asked about my particular department, but but I think we've got to have a, a broader conversation about uh, making sure that that the organization does a great job of of articulating what we're asking people to commit to. And and you've already prefaced it. We've got the. Uh, I believe some of the uh, uh, best teachers in the country here, uh, most committed uh, uh, folks. We've we've done a great job organizationally in recruiting and retaining some and and developing some of the uh, 
some of the, quite frankly, sterling um, individuals that are in public education. And, um, and that's a testament to the organization. I, I mean, I, I'm just, I like to joke around here, I'm just the person that uh, stirs the drink, right? I mean, of, of arranging, taking a look at uh, retirees and then recruiting um, new folks to join our organization. That's, that's the greatest pleasure of my job. And it's not a very uh, hard thing to do because uh, what's going on in the Troy School District sells itself. All right, well, thank you for sharing that, Jordan. And I'm, I'm gonna pay you a compliment for a moment here because I know specifically what you have done within your department is help individuals set goals that are specifically connected to our characteristics of world-class, the goals that we've established here in the school district. You've helped folks within your department, I know, and, and, and all of us have, but you specifically help folks uh, set goals specific to those, and I guess the, the bigger point here that I that I would make, both between our employee services department as well as uh, our uh, business services department, everyone expects the teaching and learning department to understand the goals of the organization, right? They're the ones that are essentially out there that have established those goals. They're they're in it, in the thick of it, on a daily basis. But what I would say is, I don't know that there's another organization whose employee services department, human resources, and business services department can as clearly articulate the mission, vision, values, and goals of the organization as the teaching and learning department can. And that's one thing I'm very proud of in our organization is that all of the members of of our cabinet here and individuals within their departments can articulate that. It's because we have created a level of trust. We've created an atmosphere where, where where we can engage in these conversations and people understand and are committed to the vision and ultimately the goals of the organization. And that, to me, that goes back to uh, when you're creating a high level team, everyone on the team understands and is committed to that work. If anyone on your team is not committed to that work, the team falls down. Uh, and so that's what I would say specific to, to, to the, you two gentlemen in terms of employee services and, and business services that have allowed for that to happen. Well, Rich, you just walked into the to the to the fourth dysfunction, the avoidance of accountability, right? You've defined that that we are accountable to what the mission and the vision and the values of the organization are. Absolutely. And and accountability is is something that in public education, oftentimes people want to run away from because accountability, if you listen to our legislature, accountability is in the manner of A through F for uh, or all of these these other kind of measures that, that really don't have a, an impact on what happens on a day-to-day basis in our school district. What, what impacts our school district and what ultimately is the accountability within our school district that makes us, that makes us go is, is what happens within our classroom. So Chris, talk, talk a little bit about how you've been able to use what you've learned with the principal, with, and specifically the elementary principals, and how that has impacted their work working within buildings to, to create opportunities for our students to be highly, uh, to be highly achieving students. So I think um, when, when we mentioned earlier about uh, kind of that team of schools concept, it's really difficult to get all of all 12 principals kind of rowing in the same direction along now with our early childhood director as our, our 13th um, building here um, at the elementary level. And I think the accountability piece, as, as Lencioni defines it, it's about the idea of confronting one another um, about 
our performance. And so when we look at accountability here, as you mentioned, Rich, we're not, it's not a punitive um, look. It's really about being brave enough to call out the best in others, I think. And, and um, Lencioni talks about that in his in his podcast and things like that that we've been uh, working with. And so we've built um, smaller teams among our group. So for example, we have our 12 principles that I kind of work as, or 13 uh members of that group and then they work with each grade level and so we've we've structured our organization our teaching learning department around the smaller groups of folks that are working together so just to give an example second grade uh, teachers get together on a regular basis um, throughout the district um, to to think about what we're teaching on a regular basis in our classrooms. So there's a level of accountability that's really built in to um, how we deliver our curriculum. And so in the best way, I think we're able to provide a format or a forum where people can call each other out um, in a healthy way. Um, And again, it's not a punitive way, um, but but it's a way where we can build each other up and and to really expect the best in each other. Right, and one one thing that I learned when I became superintendent and back to something you talked about earlier, Chris, was just listening to people, sitting down and listening to what people liked about our school district, some things that maybe they wanted to change, and then how we could help them. Those were the three consistent questions that we we asked. But one thing that became vividly clear to me early on in that process and listening to the hundreds of groups that, that we listened to was this notion that Troy School District, albeit a a, a great school district, people loved to be here, they loved to work here, they loved to have their children here. Their feeling that they had was that we were a, a district of independent schools. We had a lot of really good things going on, but they were working independently of one another that what we really needed to create was a school system. We needed to create a system where everyone worked together. And we call that systemness. I mean, it's it's not very creative, but at the end of the day, we call it systemness. And, and the idea here is that no matter where you are in our school district, uh, you are met with uh, a teacher that, that expects ambitious outcomes for you. They're highly effective. Uh, you, you work or you learn, you either work or learn in an environment that is conducive to that. Uh, all of that is, is about being, uh, is about creating systemness. But what became, I think, clear to me at the time, and, and, and all of you had a part in, in that, was that if we didn't function as a team, our team wasn't functioning at the highest level, there was no way we were going to be, be able to create systemness within our organization, and that's where it falls down. And we simply couldn't allow that to happen. So kudos to all of you for engaging in in a conversation around around these these five dysfunctions. Okay, I'm going to ask one more question, and that, and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we will have teased the audience enough to want to go out and read the book. But one question for each of you here: as you think about, because we've referenced our our characteristics of world class several times here. That's our vision: world class 2020. These four characteristics of world class embedded within those are goals that drive our work on a daily basis. I want want each of you to just touch on within your department how those characteristics of world-class impact your work. What specifically do you do differently within your, your, or have you done differently within your department that is tied to the goals associated with our characteristics of world-class? Jordan, let's start with you. Sure. Um, the first one that jumps up to me as as what you know 
is employee services in the Troy School District, but traditionally the Human Resources Department in most organizations. Uh, one of the goals that's that's pertinent and relevant to us is uh, is the uh, prioritizing the learning of our people. And when we say our people, we're talking about everyone, the students, and then also our entire staff. And when you think about professional development in public schools, typically, typically, most people are gonna talk about teachers and the professional development teachers do. Uh, the, this goal really helped outline to me of, of that we're talking about attempting to to reach everyone in the organization. So, so that goal really made me drill down when I started about what types of opportunities can, can we give um, all groups, secretarial, paraprofessionals, healthcare aides, what types of professional development opportunities can we offer them? And so that's, we've really pushed to start building out a framework during professional development time that historically in this organization was geared towards teachers, offering them opportunities for their own tailored professional development opportunities during those times, or to participate in some of the professional development that's being done by the rest of our staff. So that's been something that I think we've continued and we can still do better at. I still don't feel like we're proficient at that, but that's where we've made some great strides in the Troy School District, and I don't know if that's something every school district around the nation can say. Thank you, Jordan, for saying that. Um, before we go to Rick here, I'm gonna say, one thing that, that resonates with me that you just said is when you said all staff, uh, what, what you said is, what you alluded to as our mission as an organization, ensuring learning for all. It's not just about, about the kids, of course that's our core mission, but it's really about all. And if we're, if we have to be an inclusive organization that supports all. And, and the work of your department in helping to support the learning of all goes a long way in helping us live into, into our mission. So I wanna thank you for both the work that you do, but also, but also mentioning that. Okay, Rick, what about the business services department? So I agree with Jordan as well. Uh, um, prioritizing the learning of all of our people has been a focus the last three years. Let me, let me first say, when we talk about the five dysfunctions, the, the, the last one's the inattention to results. So I think a running joke has been, so when we get to 2020, <laughs> what, what now? Are we automatically world-class or have we accomplished our goals or what? So I think when we reflect back, I think at least when I reflect back, I think we were always world-class. Okay, we have been world class. I think this results orientation is about continual improvement and about moving moving each of our uh, forward. And when we set this mission, vision, values, and goals, and committed to it, and created created the relationships and the accountability around it, I think I think we established something very powerful. So in business services, we we really were able to focus on all four of them. Uh, our people are learning uh, from the custodian learning best practices to the food service, um, the food service worker to the bus driver, the customer service that we're delivering, the uh, the services that we're delivering across the district. Um, they continue to enhance enhance their uh, own development in those areas. We've also partnered with teaching and learning in some areas, and there's great opportunity that I think as we move forward in uh, connecting learning, uh, the learning of our students to their world. I mean, we run a world-class finance department. We run a food service operations. We have, uh, we have a skilled trades. So we have opportunities within our own school districts to connect our kids. And I think we focused a little bit on that. Uh, and I think there's great opportunities there. Um, one thing our staff has done in business services is when we talk about attending to the social, emotional, and physical well-being of all, 
we really looked at that last goal of 100% of stakeholders will respond positively to their learning environment. We took that very personal because in business services, it is our job to create and to support and to um, uh, enhance the learning environments that that are established. And then, of course, the, the last one, uh, uh, Chris and I, along with really all of Cabinet, but Chris and I had the distinct uh, privilege and responsibility <laughs> of of leading the effort to to build a world-class early childhood center and and we accomplished that and we were delighted to open that in september so uh that was a collaborative effort um that took the resources of many and our business services was hand in hand rob carson was instrumental um caitlin weaver that team uh, was just instrumental in, in really focusing on that that pillar as well. So well, I'm very happy and very pleased with the work that we've done in business services to support the mission, vision, values, and goals. And it's been, it's been um, powerful work uh, in my career. Certainly, when I talk about from a finance standpoint, resource allocations. Um, I think the last three, four years, out of any of the my the years in my career, we have literally put the resources toward the mission, vision, values, and goals. And it's been a powerful powerful uh, experience. Chris, what about you? I think um, when we think about this clarity, it's influenced our teaching learning department um, just immensely. Being able to share our strategic plan and not a big binder, but being able to say this very clearly um, to throughout our organization. Um, some of the things as I reflect, I, I think I'm most proud of is um, the prioritizing learning and, and the job embedded professional learning, I think that has had a direct impact on students. Um, being able to get into teachers' classrooms and, and using the resources um, they use and, and being able to show them um, on a daily basis um, how that can influence their classroom has just been transformational and it, it makes me think about the blue pillar. Um, how when teachers, that we're asking students to do more than they ever have and I think it, we need to be prepared to provide adult, adults that support and so I think that's really been impactful to our students. So with the professional learning, connecting to our uh, and empowering our students, leading right into the red pillar, attending to well-being. Um, we need to continue to think about this through the lens of character development, through equity, um, and, and having that direct influence. We know that happens first in the classroom through instruction, but also in the way we frame our environments. And then just to add to what uh, Rick had said about the um, work in preschool, all these pieces were connected by adults learning around what makes world-class organizations. And so I think that's important that their voice is, is um, reflected in the strategic plan. So this is, is very clear. Um, the, the preschool specifically, um, our goal is to provide 100% of our incoming uh, TSD students with a preschool experience and um, we'll continue to, to work toward that. Um, it's something, it's, we always say it's not just a building, it's something that we're committed to um, district-wide and, and throughout. So I think when I think about this book, this is a, I think it should be an annual read for not only our, um, we, it's just kind of, uh, we just want to make sure we're recommitting to things and, and it reminds me all the time that we have to be even more clear. It's not just flip the page and now we're going to have a different plan. It's just kind of recommitting to what our, what our um, values are, so. Thanks, Chris. All right, Christine, you're going to be the last voice on this particular the question, and and really, just to uh, reorient the audience, we want to we what we want to know is what is it that you do, having been part of this team, that 
drives your work around the characteristics of world class with your team specifically would be the uh, the secondary principles. Sure. Well, I think, um, you know, just in, in listening to my colleagues here and, and building off of that, it goes without question being the new person um, at the table that um, the four pillars have um, have legs in our in our organization. And I see that on a regular basis when I go out and I've spent a lot of time learning and, and asking questions. And um, a lot of people, when they respond, say, well, when I ask why, why, why are we invested in that? Why are we doing that? Well, you look at our red pillar, look at our blue pillar. They talk through those pieces with me. And um and so <clears throat> it clearly has had a, a large impact when you know Chris talks about clarity in the work that we're doing. It does provide um, an avenue for that. Um, but for my work and the, and the work that's currently going on, um, you know, I am I'm deeply entrenched in that work of uh, building trust because being new to leading work, um, there needs to be uh, those relationships there that are built in trust. And so having the opportunity to um, step into a space and really deeply believe in yes before no, um, when you're having those conversations and there's asks made and there's um, questions that are coming forward because I'm a new face at the table, um, learning through that and, and, and being vulnerable in the questions that I ask and learning along the way, um, not fearing that conflict, those are the two pieces that I think I'm really um, trying to live into. Great, thank you, Christine. And this has been a, a lengthy conversation, but I really hope that the listeners have had an, an opportunity to get an appreciation for just how important it is to have a functional team, a highly functional team at the head of an organization. Uh, this is a big organization that, that this group has, has the uh, the honor to be able to run. It's over 13,000 students, over uh, 1,200, between 12 and 1,400 employees on a daily basis. It's, it's really important that the leadership team attends to the work of the organization. And there's, in my mind, there's no better way to attend to the work of an organization than we ourselves be a highly functioning team that people can look at and ultimately then learn from. So I wanna thank each of the group for being here today. And, and more importantly, I wanna thank our listeners uh, for tuning in. So thanks for listening to TSD Readers Roundtable. Don't forget to subscribe to TSD World Class Podcasts on your favorite podcast platform with shows like Sidelines, After the Tassel Turns, and this one, we cover everything going on in the Troy School District. We'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.